hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. On the scene, holy shit! Ladies or not, ladies, journalists. He's single. And uh, Anders Lee is back on the market. Um, what's Radio up? Free Anders Lee here, uh, folks. You joined us a couple of weeks ago, if you're a regular listener, in which we were discussing uh, whether or not a tuxedo cat counts as black. I was concerned. That it does. Jake has a tuxedo cat. And by tuxedo, we're really talking about one little tuft of white hair <laughs> around the breast area. And it it I let it cross me once because you convinced me, oh, it's okay. It has the white tuft. It's not a black cat. And here we fucking It's important are. we cover this at the top of the show. No, yes. I see it's again. going. <laughs> right after that, the Bengals <laughs> lost the Super Bowl. Then just a couple weeks later. Putin invaded Ukraine, and now my ass is out of a job. So, folks, superstitions are real. This is this is doing really bad things to your clear case of obsessive compulsive disorder. I can see. I guess it was Murray's fault that all of this stuff happened. Doesn't this cat cross Jake every day? But look at my life. Like yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> Everyone is always after me, and you know, uh, the Bengals are always losing the Super Bowl. My favorite team. I <laughs> love the Bengals so much. People are always saying that about me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My black cat is crossing your ears right now. It's in my room, so you're all cursed, too. Oh, I am Jake Flores. This is Pod Damn America, the gothic socialist podcast for my cat, Murray. Anders your Lee anarchist here. cat, Murray, which is another fucking curse on this whole thing. Oh, he's black, like an anarchist flag. And his and name, his is name is Murray. After, yeah. Murray Bookchin. Holy shit, you're right. I can't believe I never put that together. I'm kind of an ANCOM, so I would imagine my cat would be black and red, which is a thing that cats are not. So I get mm. that. Unless you dye them. I'm going to dye my cat. Uh, please send the ASPCA to my house. Well, black and red is also, as I've been learning, one of the flags for a like a Ukrainian nationalist organization. So maybe Uh-oh. that's what murder really is. I've seen a lot of people sharing like these photos and not realizing like that they're, this is just a straight up Nazi one in there. And it also, yeah, it doesn't if you're not keenly aware of it, it looks like an Ancon flag. So many flags in this world. Alex Batak is here. Hey, what's up, everybody? Use more colors for flags, huh? Yeah. And what send, about move? Tell PETA I'm going to dye my cat uh, red because of internet bullshit. Um, That'd be cool, man. I've never seen a red cat, and I bet it would be striking to look at. The cat probably wouldn't mind. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen Meet the Parents. He die, he spray paints a cat to make it look like another cat, and it doesn't wind up so good for the cat or really anybody. So, yeah, Meet the Parents has a lot of important political lessons in it. Yes, yeah, don't t- don't trust Italians. That's one. I don't actually don't, think that you should dye your cat. I'm not don't gonna do it. Come on your own hair. That was that's um, from saving uh, 
Saving Private Mary. Uh, from, what the fuck is something Saving about Mary? Private yeah. Mary. <laughs> Saving Private Mary. The movie from the 90s that we all enjoyed, remember? Um, something about what? Mary. Bam! There you go. You yeah. figured it out. Man, in the 90s, movies had full-ass sentences for titles. It was a crazy time. Right. Attention spans were fucking huge. back then. Not like now, where they're called The Batman? The oh, Batman right. is three hours long. So. <laughs> Mm, I'm going to go point. watch it tonight. No spoilers, please. But I am. Yeah, it's the, the whole evening. Apparently, it's going to take up. Yeah, spoilers. Your night is all Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't plan anything else. <laughs> um, Let's get back to the topic at hand, though. Anders is now unemployed, except you work here. But uh, if you're listening yeah. and you're a female journalist, Anders wants to talk to you. <laughs> Um, how's it going, man? What's life like post uh, RT coming down? And you know, you don't get to see Jesse Ventura at work anymore. I, mean, I know that sucks. Yeah, we're gonna find some way to hang out. Yeah, I think we <laughs> talked about this on one of our bonus episodes, but one of the highlights of working at RT was having a uh, former governor Jesse Ventura distract me at in the office and just sit down next to me. Uh, because I was too polite and made eye contact with him and just talking about it, his time as governor at length, um, in which he suggested apparently a little inside scoop here that um, that he that after Columbine, he was governor of Minnesota, and he suggested that all of the janitors in public schools should be covert Navy SEALs. Mm. Uh, they should at least they should uh, have at least two Navy SEALs working at jan- as janitors, and uh, his reasoning was, uh, these guys could shoot the wings off of a fly. <laughs> Naturally, my question was, why two? And his he had a good answer. He's like, people work better together in pairs. So, oh, that's true. That as, is true. As we learned on the Navy SEALs episode where the guy came on and didn't understand our podcast, uh, they work in buddies. They have a buddy system, so right. you... They need to be in twos. The Navy feels right. about friendship. <laughs> what I don't understand is, okay, but like, are they getting paid as janitors and having to clean toilets and stuff? Because that mm, seems good like point. Would, We're putting I mean, more money into our school system. It's just going to employ Navy SEALs in our schools. It will yeah, unfortunately not- then lead to a whole series of uh, murders mysteriously occurring around the country with children disappearing Related to janitors. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, especially what trope like he he's he's watched a lot of high school movies where the janitor is wise and will intervene when someone is finally about to kill someone or something. Yeah, right? he wants all the janitors to be Scatman Crothers. <laughs> I guess so. But I mean, he was a Navy SEAL technically, so I don't know. I mean, maybe you do a lot of cleaning toilets and training he had some good ideas i will say when he was governor a big issue he tried to get through the uh, minnesota uh, legislature was unicameral making it unicameral because you know we have in every fucking state and the federal government we have two bodies you don't need two bodies it's just designed to jam up the work so democracy is you know chilled um, but cities have a city council. You don't have two city councils, like a higher and a lower city council. It makes no sense. Nebraska has a unicameral legislature. It works fine. So he tried to do that in Minnesota. 
And the legislature was just like, we're not even going to consider this. So that's one good idea. Uh, he also th- said the governor should get paid a lot more, which is ballsy. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I understand why he would say that. Yeah. Yeah. If the governor was in Predator, he should make more money. A new bill. <laughs> right. Just going by market rate. Um, yeah. But lot. yeah, I, I am laid off and I keep saying uh, laid off and I uh, have a father who also worked in media, public media. He worked for like public radio. He was a classical music guy. He was not, you know, airing U.S. propaganda. Um, and one of the times he got laid off, I told my friends and they had a running joke that is still stuck in my head where they're like, so your dad got laid. What? It's because the word laid is in laid off. And, and we they were just in high didn't school. know about it. They didn't no, know they were joking. The they're like the word laid is funny because it's euphemism for sexual intercourse. So your dad got had sex when yeah. he devastated your family. <laughs> right. He was humiliated. <laughs> yeah, that's yet that's again why I'm crying the, while I tell you about it. Right. <laughs> it does sound like a combination of I got laid and I got jacked off. And I got jacked True. off. It was the yeah. best yes. night of my life. I got laid off. My penis was bleeding. Oh, okay. I hope I hope he's best not listening to this. Um, but yeah, so people understandably want to know what 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 happened. I don't know the full story. Um, I will say that, it, and and this goes for my entire time at RT. I was never told what to say or what not to say. Um, I was, you know, allowed to speak out against the invasion, which I. I, They did not take Anders advice for that. No, I. Yeah, they went ahead with it. I tried putting that in my employee (laughs) review. Do you have any complaints? I'm like, these troops on the Ukrainian border are bugging me. But like, yeah. So, I I mean, and as I said on social media, my last segment that I I recorded um, was. I, you know, was about how Putin rose to power and I was allowed to say whatever I wanted. And I, I called the invasion illegal. Um, but one major reason it seems we shut down was um, we were losing staff. And another one was we were getting um, deplatformed from like DirecTV and other networks are completely off the air in the EU. And um there is some speculation. I don't know this, so take that, take it for what it's worth. But um, there is some speculation that the Justice Department was was like coming down on on RT yeah. and like they saw your solitaire to... segment and was like, "This is a risk." <laughs> Monopoly. Uh, this Monopoly. Is a risk, I keep assuming it's solitaire because solitaire <laughs> is your favorite game. But you put up a segment on Monopoly and then unrelated. Roughly one week later, right? The government forces the channel to close. That's yeah, right. It, my last Justice segment Department is heavily influenced by my cat Murray. Also, my last segment on RT America on television, possibly for the rest of my life, was about the history of the board game Monopoly, which is actually quite interesting. Invented by, <laughs> if only there was some kind of segment I could watch. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can still post it. Um, I'll put it on Instagram. 
but uh yeah so i'm out of a job and um if uh i i would like to keep working in media if you know of any this is going to be like a a big pitch episode we don't normally like throw pitches at people but uh i am a trained clown uh (laughs) developmentally disabled if you need like a sort of a diversity hire you can check that off um server experience uh yes i do I might. I, I really don't want to go back to food service. I might if um, I can. Work well, I'm saying at, that can help you land a media job because they know you're courteous and uh, and polite. Yeah, that's true. Right, you do have to talk to people. You can memorize things. That is true. Uh, um, and I can burp on command. And it's also really important to get this out of the way. Uh, I d- no matter how we phrased it before, Anders is not single, and does still have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend, yeah, who but, was also uh, laid off. But we're not talking about her right now. The Justice Department did not dissolve your girlfriend; that she's still <laughs> intact and functioning. Yes, for now, we'll see. Yeah, don't know what that means. <laughs> Whoa! No. Uh, no no yeah we're still we're still together and we're <laughs> we are in all likelihood um you know not a sure thing but in all likelihood we'll be coming back to to brooklyn so new york city best city in the world count the rings oh, most I... anders of any city in the united states this is selfish of me but i would i'd be happy if you move back to new york Oh, thank you. I want to hang out with my friends in New York. I don't want to go to fucking DC. Fuck that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were it. being really polite about it, but DC kind of like sucks, and no one wants to go there. It's boring, dude. The most surreal thing about this is maybe not the most surreal, but a surreal thing. I was born in DC, and I lived in Arling, Arlingtron, as some people call it, Arlington, for the first twelve years of my life. Arlington? And then I had to move to Minnesota because my dad got laid off. And now I'm getting laid off after living in DC for two years. And just like, it was so strange, like inviting friends I hadn't seen in like over 15 years to my Russian state media comedy show recordings was, was very surreal, but cool. Um, yeah, it was great to like a twin to be peaks back in a way. Was, yeah. Like a twin peaks episode. Exactly. Wild man. You know, you should, we should, we should be we are promoting our friend Anders here right now to try to get him uh you know shown to the world you should, we should upplay the fact that you were a clown because zelensky yeah is a comedian and he's president of the ukraine and everyone somehow is very into that concept every is, woman in your life wants every woman is him. like i want to fuck the clown president of the uk didn't have that on my bingo okay. card yeah, you know but uh that's what's happening in America right now. Um, but I've like, I read it online. I know it's true. This is like, I guess the thing that's stuck in my craw about this right now is that um, it seems profoundly contradictory to the fact that we were all furious that we had a reality TV show president recently. Uh-huh. And also, Reagan was like an actor and stuff. Not that these things really have anything to do with like what the person's you know political platform is it's just very bizarre to see it spun one way or the other 
Um, but it, it truly does not matter if you used to be a clown or an actor or whatever, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a fact beyond spinning. The way the media works now, get used to every successful politician being a celebrity from some dumb thing. Because it's the only way word gets out about any like individual anymore. So this is how we ch- transition Anders into politics. <laughs> yeah. Like- how many community organizers on a national level do you know right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are 10 years away, unfortunately, from President Tim Dillon. So we'll just kind of try to. That's why true. do we always get the worst of the entertainers as president? But you can run against him as the clown, intellectual, journalist, renegade podcaster, Anders Lee. Okay. And get crushed. But sure. No, you've got this, bro. You get crushed physically by Tim Dillon. <laughs> if he fell on you, it would be hard. Yeah. He would do that in the debates. He'd probably just... Right. Know, He'd do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He'd try to fall on you. It's not funny. He's, he's going to crush you with his big body. No I mean, one that- would respect you after that. This is like basically what Trump did to like Rubio and people like yeah. that. Little Marco. But imagine... If like you know, Chevy Chase playing Gerald Ford on SNL, like he would, you know, was did great physical comedy. If you had a debate and there's two candidates standing at the podium, your mic is going out. Yeah, dude, Sorry. stop moving around. <laughs> you pesky little it's rabbit, out still now. out. It's gone. You pesky rabbit. This is a terrible presentation for your big media pitch. Oh, man. <laughs> your mic is just off. Maybe it's off. Did you yeah. check the button? <laughs> I do want to emphasize, don't hire Anders in an IT capacity. That is not what we are here for today. He's literally a clown. You can't have clowns back there <laughs> fucking with the cords and stuff. It's a damn, literally a circus when they get There he is. There he is. Okay. Back. I, I honestly don't know what happened there. Um <laughs> But, I do. Okay. Two, We're watching uh, him rock back and forth on the camera. <laughs> two candidates at Podia. One of them just like collapses with the podium. Debate over. They're injured. It's hilarious. More people want to see more of this. That person wins. I think that is a great strategy. Politically. Oh, you're saying like doing pratfalls and stuff is yeah. a way to win the hearts and minds of the people. If that makes sense. Like a jackass-style approach, which is why when they run Tim Dillon, we need to activate Johnny Knoxville kind of on a populist platform. That would be cool. Like a president that's like Eric Andre or something, just ripping apart the set at all times, like crashing through things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're listening at home, you're thinking, Eric Andre, he tried to sell me an NFT. I'm not sure if he can be trusted politically. That's not relevant anymore. We're getting... Empty brained, <laughs> beautiful people from the glowing box, and we're just throwing them at the front line of our nasty cabals. That's the game now. Get on yeah, board. We just fill them with whatever ideology. It doesn't matter who they are. They're you just need the right hatchet men. It's all about hatchet men. Vassals. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you something though about uh-huh. uh, the like the nature of this you know shuddering of rt and the accusations that have been levied against it a lot of people think it's a good thing because they think that at rt there's a direct line from putin where he tells you you know what you can and can't say and they think that 
A, that's how like the propaganda, propagandistic nature of media works. And B, they think that that specifically applies just to RT, which is propaganda, but our news totally not, you know? Right. That's um, bullshit, right? I mean, I yeah. would say, like, art, like, it sounds like at RT they didn't tell you what to say, but they still are shaped the way all news networks are shaped, which is that they filter stuff by nature of, like, who they hire and stuff like that yeah. in the ways that are described in, like, you know, manufacturing consent uh, and other stuff that, like, Chomsky and Parenti and stuff like that have written. But what's, I guess, to me, what's what's bad about shutting RT off is that, you know, RT is not, like, perfect, but it was a different form of propaganda, which is a right. valuable thing to have when you're all of the other ones are one specific type, which is American capitalist, you know, specifically oriented propaganda. I always liked RT and like, you know, would like watch like Al Jazeera and stuff like that and like watch all these different things too. you know, not not because I'm like, this one's true and this one's fake. I'm just like, they're all like this. You have to be skeptical about all of them, but you could see certain things on places like RT that you can't see on, you know, U.S. media and vice versa. I guess in theory. Yeah, it's not like we're exactly uh, surrounded by an embarrassment of democracy now. You know, there's not that many <laughs> like publicly funded news options to deal with here. Right, and the ones that are often are pretty bad. You know, um, yeah, I think you know, like any network, there's a range of opinions. It was just a different range than you would see on PBS, NBC, etc. But you're it, you're right. It's it's arguably prop. I mean, yeah, it's propaganda. Everything's propaganda. That's that's political. Uh, the goal, really, as you know, and this is what made the sort of RussiaGate thing so absurd because people made it about it's just about Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. They just you know, uh, Putin has ascertained or acquired Trump as an asset, and that is the beginning of an end of his interest in U.S. policy. Um, and that turned out not to be true, uh, but it's it's a pretty obvious uh, uh, dynamic uh, that RT had from the beginning, which is to attempt to undermine U.S. hegemony. It was a drop in the ocean. It was not actually going to pose a serious threat to U.S. hegemony, but it was at least trying to reach Americans and say, hey, maybe things should be run a little differently as in the in, on the global stage. I happen to overlap with that um, that perspective. I don't share the perspective of you know the the Russian government, right? Uh, overall, I don't want to undermine U.S. hegemony for the same reasons. Uh, but I, I was allowed, and we were allowed at Redacted tonight to inhabit that contradiction and to speak as Americans about our country. The, th the things our country was doing around the world and the way it was run domestically and the things we talked about really didn't have that much to do with Russia at all. Um, we were, in a way, just wasting the Kremlin's money. Uh, you know, arguably, as someone pointed this out, I think I might have said this already, but we, we were helping undermine Russian currency, which uh, a lot of people want right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't I, I honestly don't. Um, have regrets about anything I said on air. Uh, I, you know, we, we were not getting network notes about what to say and what not to say. Uh, and I have heard much different things about corporate media. I've heard it's much more restrictive. I do think it's true in general that uh, 
it's, you know, there's not the smoky back room where, you know, captains of industry are telling the networks they own exactly verbatim what, what the script to run is. They hire you based on your, your views and your politics or your perceived lack of a political stance, which, you know, a lot of journalists think they, uh, they have, you know, they're just objective, uh, which is, I mean, if you consider like the kind of people going for a mainstream, uh, uh, in front of the camera job, you're getting a very specific assortment of lizard-brained individuals who all end up with that shit, who have, like, thrown connections and friends into a wood chipper to get to the top so they can get their, like, 6 o'clock nighttime slot. And then the politics of those people, surprise, is not very uh, civic-minded. It's kind of whatever it takes to keep your career, because that's what the job is about. Yeah, I mean, systems don't like, you know, they're not overt. Like, people don't even know that they're doing a panopticon when they're doing shit like that. It's, um, it's like, like, I've been thinking about comedy a lot lately and how I think it's very similar to like an MLM and that, like, um, it's, 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 uh, people like don't, people aren't even aware that they are complicit in the nature in comedy that it, that causes it to be shaped in a way that is like, um, very not safe for people's well-being and very like um like overall and culturally sort of um uh machiavellian because like um because everything is oriented towards you know sort of getting to like these next levels and stuff and i've been looking at this and like thinking about how like what's really crazy about systems like this is that just people don't like know that they're doing it because that's the power that something like that has is that it exists as a form of realism outside of all of the possibilities that you could engage, like all the different paths you could take within like, you know, I don't know, this may be not a perfect fucking similarity, but like all things are shaped in like a realism like that. I, I, I tried to, I butchered this quote last time we talked about this at our bonus. So I pulled it up uh, because I found the meme and I wanted to like reiterate this thing. I'm reading fucking manufacturing consent and he talks about this all over this or whatever. But like, uh, there's this thing where Chomsky's interviewing someone. The guy says, how can you know I'm self-censoring? And Chomsky says, I'm not saying you're self-censoring. I'm sure you believe everything you're saying. But what I'm saying is that if you believe something different, you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting. And then the last frame in the meme is the guy's face going, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Oh shit, you just blew my mind. And like, that's that's one way in which it's shaped completely outside of your fucking consciousness. Another way is like the fact that there's a certain amount of dissent that's allowed within, uh, you know, within like media networks when they're um, when the, when their goal is to push one narrative as the hegemonic thing. It's actually to their advantage to have a few dissenters because then you don't look like you're authoritarian you know and that you don't let people say certain things all this stuff is stuff to keep in mind you know and with this in mind i do think it's time for a uh fun check-in on what the rest of u.s media has been up to this week because because that's the other thing it's like the (laughs) idea that like the when people are fucking railing on rt from like a stupid western liberal american point of view they're like it's state propaganda but that presupposes that a our corporate media is like objective which it isn't and also b that our state media is like all 
fucking cool and objective and just about the truth, which our state media fucking does all sorts of horrible stuff. Like, for example. Yeah, uh, both NPR and what was the other one? Is it PBS? Let me get this up. Yeah. Well, and to be clear, like uh, NPR and PBS are, I think, a step beyond and worse than state media because they do get federal funding, but probably the lion's share comes from endowments from like the Koch brothers and straight up weapons manufacturers. And that's what makes it so pernicious is they are trying to present themselves as objective and neutral. And like PBS, the, the logo used to be a face facing left. And because Interesting. All this scrutiny from conservatives who are like, our tax dollars are going to this. They're watching, you know, they're turn the face around on it. They turned the face around. They made it. (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) You just blew my fucking mind. We couldn't even win the face. (laughs) The PBS face is left. They overcorrect. Next time you watch Big Bird and the counts, HBO. Blood money. They're fueled by blood money. Oscar the Grouch, he lives in that trash can. It's because he's um, uh, he's, ac- he's actually in a ghillie suit. He's a fucking um, <laughs> commando. That's he's, he's, he's one of Jesse Ventura's Navy SEALs, actually. He's, he's waiting there. to pop out and shoot a, a union organizer. Yeah, the count? <laughs> What's he counting? Body right. is what he's counting. He should, he should be called the body count. Actually, he should be played Damn. by Jesse Ventura and be called the body count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he just counts the bodies of victims of the American war machine. That's how you learn to numbers when you're a kid. Big Bird? Why is he so big? Because he's owned by big business. Right. He all day. Big birds. They. I'm not going to do this all day. They That's what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep moving. Okay, to finish my sentence, PBS and NPR both separately have been conducting interviews with the foreign fighters going to go uh, battle in Ukraine to drum up some more uh, blood dripping from the mouth, American propaganda, war machine stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, due to the nature of the conflict, when you're talking to people who are inspired to go and actually physically fight in Ukraine, they both separately interviewed like organized fascists with uh, <laughs> tattoos and like Nazi patches on their bodies. That's and the they, crazy thing. They're wearing the patches. It's like open, you know? Yeah, we interviewed Solid Snake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only has one eye, and the other one is a swastika. We're going to see what he feels about the Russian dog. Uh, but the best part of it is in both of the interviews, there's these uncomfortable moments where the insignias come up. So uh, I have the NPR transcript pulled up here. And uh, the interviewer goes, uh, so I can't help but notice the patch on your shoulder. He's talking to a guy from the Azov Battalion. <laughs> and it says unintelligible. And he's like, I think it's a patch that's associated with kind of a right-wing political movement. And he goes, cannot say that. And he goes, what's the name of it? And he goes, cannot say that. He won't say. <laughs> political movement. It's not far right. I don't know how to describe it. Wow. Okay. I that mean, was- cannot say that. Maybe he thinks that's, you know, that's the only sentence in English he knows I do not speak English (laughs) well the thing is they're getting 
are J6 guys now. Like, our, we're doing the international brigades for Ukraine right now, and everyone going over there is a, uh American right-winger looking for combat experience, which, you yeah. know, is cute and fun and does put those people in real harm's way, which is, you know, something. But, uh... And again... <laughs> It is bad Ukraine got invaded, but it is also unavoidable that this is almost exactly the same situation that got us ISIS 10 years ago, like right. not it's, a long time ago, where we right. give all these people like rocket propelled grenades and training and then, whoa, it's the you know what they the, took over Syria. The thing It's the thing from the beginning of Rambo 3, where the film opens with this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan, which became the Taliban later, so they had to go back and change it. The A movie should... I'm going to go see Batman later tonight. I hope it starts with, this film is dedicated to the brave Azov Battalion fighters of Ukraine, so that we can... I believe it is. I believe that's the beginning of the film. He's basically one of them, you know? <laughs> he would go to fucking Ukraine. That happened in um, Rojava, too. There were like a bunch of weirdo American like right-wing types that were just like, uh, I need to level up. I need to go grind, you know? <laughs> and, and a lot of left-wing people, to be, to be fair. Well, sure. Know. I mean, the, I, I said that with that implied, I think, okay. because most people that went over there went for that reason. But like, I, I just thought it was odd reading about it, that they would, they would say how there were like Christian factions and stuff that would show hmm. up. The PBS uh, quote is even better. They interview the, the mayor of this town, Konotop, uh, who they, you know, have been previous media coverage five years ago about how he was an open neo-Nazi and everyone was appalled when he was elected. And now they have a glowing interview with him on TV where he's like, we will defeat the Russian cockroaches. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and it's I'm just going... It's going to your parents' house, and they're watching it and clapping. This is all part of, like, one giant fallacy, in my opinion, which is I can't figure out how to say it in a way that's really concise, but it's like, just because someone's against a bad thing doesn't make them good. Like, this just like, kind of seems that the, like it's, it's at the core of what a lot of people have done, you know, in becoming contrarians or tankies or all sorts of weird sort of like ideological uh holes you can find yourself dug into but like with with uh with like with like ukraine right now you know we've mentioned in the last episode like ukraine's government is not nazis which is important right. to point out because that's yes. why that's what putin is saying that's yeah. the, that's why he's saying he's the casus barely not true but there's this like um very like libidinal sort of uh uh solidarity coming out of liberals with the Ukrainian people suddenly out of nowhere and with like Zelensky there's like this fetishization of him and it reminds me a lot of the Cuomo sexual thing because <laughs> Cuomo was just happened to be the guy who was ostensibly in a position opposite the coronavirus when that part of the pandemic was happening stupid because he was probably like you know he's just he just happened to have the job he's probably making it worse than if someone better than him was governor at the time but there was this weird moment of like well because there's two things one of them is uh the clear enemy the other one must be like the hero of the story i guess i i guess i'm a cuomo sexual right same thing's kind of happening with the Zelensky guy where like everyone's horny for him right now yeah <laughs> which is very odd because i'm pretty I just am, I, I'm pretty sure in like six months we're gonna find out that he um, is extremely racist or that he is canceled or whatever. 
and all uh, yeah. everyone's gonna go well whoops didn't know at the time you know or that his gov or from a more you know analytic like leftist point of view that his government is not extremely good just because he's being invaded by someone who's worse you know uh, right i mean he yeah there's a lot of stuff and i believe the panama papers about his his government financially and uh i, I believe he turned a blind eye everything to... that's happened in ukraine since 2014 is fucked it doesn't matter <laughs> if this guy was a funny comedian or not it's to <laughs> focus on that is an insane perspective but yeah. i think and we're I missing mean... we're missing the forest for the trees here which is white isis i wonder what that would be like oh maybe yeah. they take over take over your town and make you forget how to dance Oh, okay. <laughs> White Isis. Um, instead of cutting your head off, they cut your hair off. Why don't you get a haircut, my friend? White Isis. White We're Isis. Here to you up. <laughs> Everyone's a skinhead, yeah. Just like um, a little Sinead O'Connor town. That's what's gonna... Yeah. They um, got you on film uh, uh, airing on YouTube and there's a black bag on your head and they're just telling you all of your issues as an employee. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else? What else? Liberal struggle session, like <laughs> where you have to admit all of your toxicities and things and microaggressions and whatnot. Toxicity. You gotta, you gotta put mayonnaise on your gun. There you go. Folks. White ice. All right. Um, the guns smell like, like shit, folks. <laughs> yeah. Is that because uh, a lot of like Christian nationalists will put pork grease on their bullets when they are going to fight Muslims? What do they do for Christians? Do they put if it's like, you know, there's some rule with Catholics where they can't eat fish on or they can only eat fish on Fridays or something like that. They put like beef on it. They put the, mayo. Uh, Is it mayo? The semen of uh, grown adults that are over uh, 13 years old on their bullets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to jump in and say there is nothing about mayo in Catholicism. That's the one area that is not <laughs> covered in the book. It did not exist until a, like a hundred years ago. It is a harmful stereotype about uh, it's harmful Caucasian and it's people. wrong. Eggs are not dairy. Someone finally has to say it. Chipotle yeah. mayo is great. <laughs> um, what else do white people love? Harry Potter. They'll, that's the flag is, I don't know, it's like Dobby or something. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so they, they uh, film you in a cave and there's a, a camera pointed at you and then they put the sorting hat on your head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did it. <laughs> Very good. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cut your oh. head off with the sorting hat on. <laughs> and then when it falls to the ground, it's like Gryffindor. Half <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's good, man. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be. Yeah. Uh, and what, to be, I feel uh, obligated now to mention this as a former RT employee. But yes, we mentioned Putin. I don't think really cares that much about Nazism and there are right wing groups on the Russian side too. So. Just. Oh yeah. I mean, he is doing as much uh, left suppression in his country as they are doing here or more so. Oh yeah. Uh, way more. I, I mean, yeah. The, it's like when, when we invaded Iraq to spread democracy, he is invading Ukraine to get rid of their na uh, Nazis. It's not actually what's involved with the problem at all, but when you have a big loudspeaker to the world, this is the thing you're doing. It's just nobody believes you. Yeah. And then yeah. he's not in the um, 
geopolitical position America is where no one believes you, but they keep their mouths shut anyway because they're fucking terrified you'll blow them up. Mm-hmm. Um, what else uh, is going on in the news this week? Anti-American propaganda is being shut down throughout the, the country. That's uh-huh. right. The Anders Lee issue was quashed. That was a big concern of the Biden administration. The Anders Lees in media. Uh, there was a so I mentioned Chickendale. He's got this Arla- clown. He's got he runs and jumps on a ball, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I've never seen nothing like it before. <laughs> That's what so this campaign's all about. <laughs> so there's a uh, substitute teacher in a girlfriend. Uh, he might have. A, oh, you mean me? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> there's a in Arlingtron, which I mentioned earlier. There's a substitute teacher, John Stanton, who has been suspended because he was subbing at Swanson Middle School, which my where my sister used to play soccer. I remember uh, going there and just hours and hours of wandering around aimlessly and talking to myself while my sister played in soccer games. But anyway, uh, this sub substitute teachers has also been a writer has lived in Russia, has written for like counterpunch before. And he told his students for the day, um, you know, you should check out the other side on, on this Ukraine war. It's a terrible thing, but like you should check out Sputnik news. They will give you a perspective that you're not getting from most us press and he ended up getting suspended um a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is arlington where there's a certain stra- i mean it is a very populous place and there's a diverse range of uh socioeconomic backgrounds but there's a a big big part of it uh, is sort of like the professional class who you know, really experienced a big boon after 9-11. You got a ton of people moving to D.C. to work as defense contractors, and that just like sprouted all these these sort of industries out of that. Uh, and so those are the people who uh, some of them are, are sending their students to a school like Swanson. So once they hear this, it's, oh, Lord, just they're absolutely devastated that their children are, are hearing this at all. So this guy got suspended. Uh and you know it is, it is in Arlington, right? And as I mentioned, that has a big, a uh, lot to do with it. But I can definitely see this spreading to other places. Oh um, yeah, man, that's where we. That's the page we're on right now. Is yeah. uh, information that is unpleasant is propaganda officially nationwide. It's not just yeah. a generic fear like it was after 2016. Now it's a specific problem in defending innocent Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's like all sorts of wild stuff being censored in this way. There's uh where is it? The Federation of International Cats has banned Russian cats. We get the Russian uh, blue, which is more yeah. of a gray, I feel. Right. First of which all. if we're going off of my political cat framework, is a Democrat. So oh. Oh, it could be a royalist. Like him. Fair. There's Prussian blue. You guys remember Prussian blue? No. No. Off topic, but they're the, a uh, duo, an acoustic duo of these little girls who had like 
bright blue eyes and were blonde haired and they'd play like sort of singer singer songwriter music in the aughts and it was nazi music it was just about like <laughs> the white race and stuff like that but apparently now they have abandoned that because they started smoking weed and they're just like chill with everybody and they renounce their their white supremacist that's, that's all it is man you gotta that's get everybody you gotta get some green cats in here exactly man. that's prussian right. prussian blue to green um, lies it Catnip man. <laughs> Cat that's really into it. You gotta Yeah. It's, it's fucked up Taxi. that they made catnip illegal. This is it's illegal for cats technically because we are their government and that we control everything uh-huh. and only decide when they get to have catnip. I guess it's not illegal, but it's like, I've actually legalized catnip and opiates in my house, and my cats are fucked up. Yeah, man, I bet that sounds adorable. They've never had a job in their lives. <laughs> um, let's talk cr- about crazy internet stuff uh, that's sort of like the outcome of, you know, said propaganda and stuff. Um, the cats are outlawed. That's fucked up. Um, people are certain ser- bartenders are serving Ukrainian rush or white Ukrainians instead of white Russians, yeah. which is if you. I think that they didn't read about the Azov Battalion white supremacist stuff because if you did, that's a very dicey thing to name a drink. It's also just like people ordering white Russians at a bar are already the oh, freaks of the evening. You got to make sure you that. give them politically the right drink. <laughs> what? So that's like rum and milk. What else is in there? It's vodka, it's- milk, and Kahlua. Yeah, it's okay. um, after it, I watched the Big Lebowski, I drank a lot of them as a child. Right, and if you, it's yeah. stu- that movie just kind of bartenders hate that movie because it <laughs> created this situation where you have to keep milk around for like specifically exclusively for douchebags for film Ooh. aficionados. <laughs> yeah. and it also, I mean, to drink it, it's like. You don't. No one wants to be drinking milk all day like that with like something as acidic as vodka. It's going to give you all sorts of diarrhea. It's crazy to have a lot of. I'll say that. (laughs) It really is like a hangover, like nothing else, because your stomach is just like full. In addition to being like acidic. (laughs) Yeah, my bones are so strong, though. (laughs) (laughs) Skeleton is growing from it, but you never broken a bone. Changing it to Ukrainian doesn't change any of these things, which are the real problem with white Russians, you know? Um, Patricia Arquette, who has since deleted this, tweeted the other day uh, that we should, uh, <laughs> that Russia shouldn't even be allowed in NATO. We should we kick Russia out of NATO, is what she said. Remove Russia from NATO, our alliance. Yeah. <laughs> On- <laughs> NATO is, I mean, NATO is anything you want it to be. It can be an idea. It can be a dream. Maybe someone you love is NATO. Our friend NATO Green is NATO. There you go. He can be a friend. (laughs) Does he have any Russian extraction? I don't know. I'm kind of curious why he's named that. (laughs) This seems almost exactly the same phenomenon as that poll that was going around of like a... the American public's approval for different war measures against Russia. And it was like uh, troops fighting in, in Russia, negative 35 points, uh, drone strikes in Russia, negative 15 points, 
Condemnations, plus 30 points. No fly zone, which is essentially the same thing as starting a nuclear war and uh, immediately going to war with Russia, is like plus 27 points. Everyone is like, no fly zone, I'm on board. That's <laughs> something that I think if you don't understand that about it, sounds like safer than it actually is, but it's extremely not. It's a zone where you can't fly. You know, but the way they're yeah. acting, I don't think they should be allowed to fly everywhere. That doesn't that seems like something that maybe we could restrict. What's the worst it, that could happen? It sounds like something you would do to your cats. Yeah. Go into the living room and yell, this is a no cat zone. Not understanding that would inevitably lead them to destroy the entire household to live in. I've created I mean, a no fly zone uh, in my room right now because they've been throwing up for the last day. I think there was something in the can and that does not fly for me, Captain, <laughs> on yeah. my sheets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, 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 I've got a no fly zone going on, which means I'm not zipping up my pants. That's right. <laughs> I do that a lot too. I forget. Uh, I love there getting is... my dick sucked through my pants. Anything <laughs> 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 better? Safe. Instead of it, you're out of dental dams. It happens all the time. Just use my pants, baby. Yeah. Just use my pants. <laughs> um, I wore my thin pants today. Some people like getting top with a condom on. It's, it sounds very unpleasant. But... I've never seen one, but I, <laughs> I believe it. But the, some people theorize that there is a gun that was used to disable Paul Wellstone's plane that then crashed and killed him after voting against the Iraq war that just like it's some like, you know, Havana syndrome type. It's the Havana microwave. syndrome gun. Yeah, they just like fired it at a plane. It's invisible and it just like whoosh, shut down the plane. And poof. So if they have a way of doing that, I think that's probably what most people think of no fly zone is. See, this is the thing about Havana syndrome and not to get stuck on this, but if the theory was that the U.S. has a secret gun that like defies modern physics, I'd absolutely believe it because we've been like putting more effort into it than anyone else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's very well documented uh, experiments trying to make stuff like that. Right. It's just not probably actually happened. Yeah, Instead, we had to shoot Paul possible. Wellstone with a grenade. But it's definitely not a situation where someone else has it and we're like, what is this? And where? <laughs> I mean, if, the, if anyone has a, a, a thing like that, they got it from us. So there's, it doesn't make any sense for Americans to be it's like, it's uncanny Whoa. with. Some tin foil and three other around the house objects. <laughs> Just to backtrack for a second, here's what, a prediction. What? How about? Hold on. No fly zone. Why? How about we call it airplane mode? Everyone, turn oh, your airplanes off. That sounds even safer than no fly zone. That sounds like something that everyone should be doing when they go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Wait, but wouldn't it be no airplane mode? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's right. Yeah, well, airplane mode is banned. That's what it means. Take down someone's. You know, when you're on a plane, you have to turn your phone off. Will it crash the plane if you have a cell phone on in a plane? That's how you we know, take it down. I've heard different things about that. Some some people say. I keep saying some people say. I have heard that that is a complete fiction. That it doesn't do anything. Your phone just won't work, and it's just like a control issue. But. I can also understand that, like, even the slightest chance of some interference would be enough to warrant, like, just a blanket policy. Like, you don't just have a couple hours without your phone. It's fine. It is um, like a, people don't do that. Like, people just 
it's not enforced and you know when you're on a plane people are not obeying the orders at all so it probably doesn't actually do anything right those people probably. aren't terrified of plummeting out of the sky like i am because i am slamming that button i mean if you're using bluetooth headphones wouldn't that i don't know i'm not a science person i am still going to make a scientific prediction based on something <laughs> okay, we, please do. we said earlier uh people with Russian extraction are going to want that removed from their genetics. And I think that is going to be a thing that like 23 and me in like a few years, you're going to be able to get certain parts of your DNA removed, like certain ethnicities. Yeah. It probably won't work, but people will think it works because people have this weird idea about what race is. So you're going to like have some procedure done where you can get your Russian removed and like filled in more with your you know portuguese side or whatever what is this uh, shot you're calling right now is like at home <laughs> genetic modification yeah, yeah your gen mods dna mods gen mods well, this is the thing people have predicted Ethnic about mods. like uh like procreation you know like people having designer kids and stuff in the future but yeah i yeah. like the cyberpunk body horror direction you've taken this in where you just literally go into the lab and you're like make me more Filipino. It's <laughs> 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 cool. I, I would like to live in that world. I mean, white people would go crazy with that because yeah, yeah. we're kind of constantly embarrassed about not, you know, about being white. The only people left who would be white <laughs> would be really into being white. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Or, I mean, if you're not white, like if you're like on the other end of the spectrum, you might make yourself white by being like, I'm going to move to America and benefit from, you know, whiteness. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's the thing is it's, it's in many ways, very disconnected from pigmentation. There's a new coach for the Miami dolphins who like, looks like, like a even nerdier version of me. Uh, is like this really short dweeby guy with glasses. He's a genius football intelligence wise, but he is, he looks white, but he's half, black and people keep asking like well what are you what are you and he's like dude i'm i'm a person i don't know he's like um, logic right but he's that's the, the thing is like of football it doesn't actually have to do anything it's just if you have a document that's going to say like you are no longer irish then you will think you're something else and you can say you're you know, uh, you know spanish not, or whatever black this is a, a made-up construct yes yeah. you can't like Te litmus test for it and piss on a strip and it's like oh i guess i'm 75 percent chinese or whatever like it doesn't yeah. make fucking sense no. i wouldn't put too much money on this prediction but um <laughs> we did have a segment we <laughs> wanted to cut to around this time well speaking of race and uh there we go uh, <laughs> I there we go <laughs> speaking of genes Throw an R in there, and they've got the word genre, which is the name of ah. uh, our next guest's new TV show, Genre Graveyard. Let's swing to an interview I did with my friend Jen Brown, who's an actor, uh, filmmaker, all-around cool person, Latina, Latinx queer lady who makes cool uh, movies and stuff. And talk to her about her new show, Genre Graveyard, which is about film and stuff like that. And it's also very cool and um, has puppets. Uh-huh, honey. Okay, I am now joined by Jen Brown, uh, actor and creator of this cool new show called Genre Graveyard. Welcome to the show, Jen Brown. What's up? 
Hey, thank you. It's uh, nice to have a conversation with you. Um, that's not booze and bad singing soaked. Uh, patio <laughs> totally yeah so we used to see each other at, when i lived in austin at uh beerland karaoke all the time we were both like east side hipsters and stuff you know back in yeah. the day <laughs> um yeah and it's gone oh so sad um but i uh you know i mean you know how the living in the modern world is i don't know we're not i don't know you particularly well but i've like followed you you know twitter and social media and stuff and same, i see the stuff you're making and i'm like this is fucking cool right so figured same same yeah uh it seems like we're on a similar like wavelength here so uh let's let's get into it because i'm a i'm pretty into um you know, the creative end of stuff and like, this is a politics show, but I'm also really into culture and stuff like that. And I think this is probably in our wheelhouse. This is ostensibly a goth podcast. I do have to remind the audience from time to time you're required to be goth, but (laughs) um, let's talk about genre graveyard. Uh, What is it? So uh, it's kind of perfect that, you know, this is more of a political focused show because yes, it's a genre variety talk show from like a feminist queer angle, sort of peewee meets Elvira sort of deal. Totally. But being that it is inherently or being that it is feminist and queer and goth, it's also inherently political because all of those things are inherently political. Like you cannot be queer or, you know, BIPOC or any of those things without actually having to veer into politicism because, totally. you know, our existence is politicized. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it fits right in there. And like, um, there is such a, and the goth thing too, which is, it's funny to kind of shoehorn that in, but there is like, uh, you know, I, I talk about it a lot on the show and it's like, so funny that there is such a, like a community of like Latin goths, I so, wanted to ask so many. you, what's your theory on that? Because I have my own. I think it's Catholicism, but I, you know, who knows? <laughs> I, dude, that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> it's the fact that we are raised with this very gothic religion, which Catholicism is fucking metal. It yeah. is very dark. You're you're drinking and eating the blood <laughs> of Christ. Like the fact that we're not like we. This, that is the transubstantiation does not get talked about enough, in my opinion, as being fucking weird and insane thing that Catholics do that people just call normal. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's a lot of us who were raised Catholic and are now lapsed Catholics, specifically yeah. lapsed Catholic Mexicans that like we grew up with this sort of religious upbringing, but it was also like a lot of mysticism and the brujas and like, like my, my mom and my grandmas, they all like lit candles and, and said it, it, a lot of Catholicism feels super Wiccan, which is hilarious. Totally. Cause they hate witchcraft, but it has a very woo woo witchcraft vibe. Yeah. If you just take Jesus out of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird. It's like they hate it and they also practice it at the same time. Yes. Did you ever get the egg yes. thing when you were a kid? Did you get an egg rubbed on you? Yep. <laughs> to get the evil ojo away or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> it's Yeah, I I really do think it's 
that combination of that kind of upbringing. And it's, it's funny that you bring that up because our second episode was with uh, Issa Lopez, mm-hmm. who made this fucking gorgeous, phenomenal, one of my favorite movies, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Um, and a lot of the conversation we had, like, veered into episode two about magical realism, veered into, like, why are Latinx people so drawn to genre <laughs> and horror and gothiness? Um and yeah, she she has some really amazing thoughts about that in in episode two. Yeah, I mean, I just did a podcast about like uh, Haiti, and I like uh, got into kind of a lot of the voodoo stuff that's going on down there. And the ten dollar word I learned about this is syncretization. So like a lot of the the stuff that got imposed upon indigenous col- you know communities then goes through this process of like reworking it into a new thing and mixing it with like, you know, the yep. stuff that was already going on that was more, um, you know, folky and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely cooler than uh, white people's normal ass religion. <laughs> Absolutely. Like my, my dad was white as fuck and he very much did not have a religion really there was no <laughs> he didn't really care it was like yeah let cynthia raise her everyone so of course you know i grew up in san antonio with all my aunts and uncles and all my theas and and my yeah. abuelitas and my you know weird ass fucking <laughs> family where my grandfather is married to his stepmother so <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's another one that's like people don't realize how common of that sort of weird shit is in uh you know in the latin yeah. world <laughs> it is i love her i love her very much kuka is the best but she also doesn't speak a word of english which is fine that is fine i should definitely speak more spanish than i do but my family never taught it to me yeah no, they did same. not make it a priority yeah, so I'm from a generation where like they li- they didn't on purpose because they were like yeah. assimilate, you know, and then now you have to spend the rest of your life explaining to people that you're Latin because we're dude. You know. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> I feel like we both very uniquely feel that fucking struggle. Um, it's, a, it's a, much more common in Texas, I think, because I mean I travel so around the country and stuff, and there's just it's different everywhere and stuff, and I'm like always trying to explain to people like. You don't understand. There's a place called the Valley. There's like a million people like me down there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say my other like half Mexican friends or half Latinx friends are a lot of them are from the Valley. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and they don't speak Spanish, just like me. Yeah. But, yeah, she's lovely. I just you know I can't have much of a conversation with her. You know, and she grew up in Mexico, and my <laughs> my grandfather married her to when his father died to bring her over to the u.s <laughs> oh shit that's okay that's the story that makes sense yeah but he also <laughs> fell in love with his stepmothers whatever fair you know. <laughs> that'll happen <laughs> well okay so now i've got a picture for who this person is that i'm speaking to uh so so good to to see you again man i miss uh i miss Honestly, I live in New York City. I miss my Mexicans because, because uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't all make it all the way up here. Um, no, no, so, no. So uh, with that, I mean, we've only got a limited time here. So I wanted to move into your show a little bit, yes. though, because it's yes. cool, man. I like it. It's very campy. You know, like you said, it's uh, Elvira meets Pee Wee Herman, that sort of thing. Totally yeah, into yeah. it. Where'd this idea come from? What are you doing with it? What's the deal? It was the the initial inspiration is 
uh, from really my podcast that I had with uh, Don, who's one of my best friends um, and is my co-host in the show. It's also the co-host on my podcast, Women in Caskets. We did that together for years. It was like feminist horror critique. Uh, and I know I knew a couple people at El Rey um, that were in development. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, like he had been wanting to develop something with me for a while. And I just I just had no idea. And El Rey wanted content that could be produced remotely entirely that basically could just be delivered to them as a complete show and they could just air it. Yeah. Um, basically, all they would do is final post color correction, sound mixing, essentially. And, they, you know, they'd give notes, too, and make sure that they're happy with what's going on the air but essentially just looking for entire production teams that would do it for nothing to pitch shows yeah and me and my production partner rafael ruiz we really close friends we've written a lot of stuff together but haven't gotten a chance to make anything together yet uh and they asked us to pitch and asked us specifically uh, luis asked us to pitch something you know we really like women in caskets and i was like okay well and weirdly enough, it was like very a very natural progression. I was like, oh well, if it's going to be TV, then let's make it ridiculous. And yeah. well, Dawn is an introvert, and she doesn't like being on TV. We're a podcast for a reason, so let's make her a puppet. No, nah, let's make her dead. Oh, there we go. It's a heightened <laughs> reality. She's dead. She's a puppet. She's inhabiting it. We're hosting it from my house. It'll be me, but like on steroids. Like yeah, like it's just like yeah was weirdly enough very very easy considering all three of us had worked creatively together for over a decade in one way or another right that it just all gelled and we all have a million different skills uh so we just kept it a really small team we worked for basically nothing because it was sixty thousand for 12 episodes total uh-huh. um so we did each for you know five grand an episode uh, and that's including all the artists that I hired. Like I paid every single artist that I hire, I paid because I wanted to get all the painters and comedians and drag artists and just weird creatives I know involved as well yeah. in the Gore Paris segments. And I like was like, I am paying them. They are getting paid. I don't care how low our budget is. So it was even with the very low budget, Ruff and I were like, well, you know, this is going to be our show, so we'll pay what we need to, and maybe eventually we'll get paid for it, but we essentially didn't really make much for the amount of time we put into creating it. Yeah, that'll happen. Well, it's cool. I mean, you can yeah. tell that that work went into it because it's very visually striking, and it's very vibrant and stuff, and... um it's very much I, like it makes sense the way you're describing it. It's like an organic, you know, COVID era sort of project. Um, yes, I'm and a, it's not perfect, but we're we're absurdly proud of what we did with it, especially considering the limitations. Because like we shot it on a red, like we pulled in so many favor. We did everything we could to make it look way more expensive than it was. <laughs> <laughs> So we're we're very very happy with it. I mean, honestly, the best episodes are the ones that haven't even aired because uh, only four episodes aired on El Rey. Uh-huh. El Rey went under, um, and so they weren't able to finish post on the rest of the planned season. But we already have it filmed, yeah. so now we just have to raise money to fund 
uh, post on the last eight. And there's some great, like, you know, Maggie May. Yeah. Um, Maggie May is, um, uh, is the gore pre artist in one of the episodes in the Black Horror Experience. Cool, cool. Yeah. Episode, and she does this amazing, amazing fucking monologue. Like, there's so much great shit in the, the episodes that, like, all of our favorite, we, we did a musical. I wrote a musical number. Like, all this weird shit we did was in the ones that never got to air. So, we're trying to, trying to fund those so we can get those up on a, streaming service cool totally yeah man i know about the the whole rigmarole with like the production process and this business it sucks you can get a whole thing made and then just have the rug pulled out from under you but i think it's cool that you got those four episodes out at least though that way people can see if you know so that they can throw money at this and stuff and fund it to keep it or to help it you know you know get picked up somewhere else or whatever the fuck the next movie is here agreed exactly i mean we've been in talks with other companies too that are really interested in it um so we should be able to find another home pretty simple, uh, simply. But the fact that the four episodes that are aired that did air are finally available on Roku is a huge win because like we don't get any money from that. Like we own it, but El Rey can do whatever they want with the four, yeah. you know, episodes they have. But the fact that it actually, like you said, is out there and able to watch yeah. um, is great. So and it's free. People can watch it on the Roku channel or just on a browser, just in the on the website, you know. Right. So it's really easy to access those four. And uh, you know, there's no there's no uh, uh marketing budget or anything like that. So just trying to get the word out that the show exists. Um I appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, man. I liked it. Um, I watched it, and for anyone, uh, you know, it's interested. If you're like a, especially if you're like a film dork, you know, you're into like film analysis and stuff. It seems like the way I would pitch this show is a, uh, yeah, it's uh, one half, uh, you know, the Pee Wee Elvira thing with the puppets and everything, and then we go into discussing um specific angles on storytelling like you did if i remember correctly there's like a magical realism episode and like a gallows humor episode and then get into sort of like queer you know analysis and stuff like that very cool this is the stuff that i you know listen to and watch on youtube and stuff like that all day when i'm like trying to process you know art and stuff like that i love that sort of stuff and i think a lot of people that listen to our stuff probably do too so figured i would throw it out there and um yeah just uh i guess because i gotta get out of here i gotta do a, a spot at a bar i gotta do some fucking stand up here in a minute otherwise i would hang out longer um no problem uh pitch man tell me tell my listeners where how do they go watch us on Roku if they're film people? You know, how do they get involved, et cetera? Yeah, of course. Uh, if you want to watch the four episodes that aired on El Rey, they are on the Roku channel. So if you have the Roku channel, Ro- a Roku with the Roku app, mm-hmm. all you have to do is search genre graveyard. Okay. Uh, if you do not have a Roku, all you have to do is get on the good old trusty internet, go to any web browser and just go to the Roku channel web browser and search for genre graveyard i also have links to those episodes available on all of our socials and on our websites it's very easy to find if you find at genre graveyard on twitter and follow that or follow at the underscore jen brown on twitter which is my twitter (laughs) uh and our seed and spark is currently running for two more weeks it is the link to that is again, on my Twitter or to the genre graveyard Twitter. Um, 
Also, brownrecluseproductions.com has all the info. So lots of ways. And uh, we're going to be, basically, if you fund the Seed and Spark for just like $30 at the lower entry, the minute we finish editing them, you'll get first access before even like whatever network gets them. Y'all get to see those episodes first. Uh, So we're excited about that. There's some really good, and there's, you know, a little video on there with, uh, content from the unaired episodes and stuff like that. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll also put all the links and stuff like that in the show notes so you can look at your little phone that you were listening to this on, I probably, and then just click from there. Um, cool, man. Well, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I'm glad you're doing cool goth Latinx queer stuff and making art and shit. That's uh, my favorite shit. So, more power to you and solidarity and so on and so forth and uh, you know spooky things and whatnot. Um, yeah, stay, stay, stay spooky. Stay spooky, my friend. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, I'm turning into the Dosekis guy, but um, <laughs> well, yeah, man, cool. Thanks for talking to me. And we're back from the puppets. Okay, what do we want, <laughs> what do we want to talk about uh, at the end here? Can we talk about the nuke stuff? Yeah, uh, okay. lead us in, Anders. Okay, if I do a clap or something, so you know where it is. No, I got it. It's all okay. it's all synced up. Three, two, one. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for syncing. So <laughs> we're all on the same call. <laughs> earlier, we, yeah, I don't know what's. I just some podcasts they ask you to clap first. I still don't know what I mean. It's like the you know the take thing where they. If got the, I was recording here and you were recording on your end. And you sent uh-huh. me your files. Oh, I would okay. need that, to pair right. the that's clap right. sound. I did know that as a media yeah. professional, that is something I am intimately familiar with the ins right. and outs of technology as it pertains to content creation. I'm uh, uh, very professional when it comes to that shiz. You really so, are a jack of all trades. That's right. Yeah. One or so two. many skills. Wow. A jack off of right. all trades. There you go. I'm a laid off of all trades. I'm going to um, suck you off. Yeah. Okay. What are, what are <laughs> nuclear bombs are in the news? Well, no, we were talking, <laughs> we were talking NPR earlier, national public radio, which has also fired my dad. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but NPR actually has a dual meaning in security policy circles. NPR stands for nuclear posture review that for the past few decades has been a document that each president of the United States is supposed to release that says what their official nuclear policy is. Joseph R. Biden came into office saying that he was going to have a good one, right? We're going to roll back. We're going to maybe start flirting with another acronym, NFU, no first use, which is a good policy to have, I think. Um, but so far, he has not done diddly squat on the nuclear issue, which is getting uh, to be more of a, a problem, right? This is not a something we want to escalate towards, obviously, despite what people say about you know the survivability, the, all the articles being commissioned about how eh, maybe it's not that bad. You do you know? think that's a real opinion or do you think that's just like, 12 psychos on the internet we're all laughing at. I can't tell. It's an industry. It's an industry that's been around since 1945, this nuclear preparation. 
right? Uh, uh, strategizing, consultants, uh, thinking about, you know, hiring scientists, statisticians. I guess there were all to- those Republicans in Vietnam who wanted to nuke the yeah. Viet Cong. So, like, this has probably persistently been an issue. Right. Barry Goldwater was saying, like, we could just fix Vietnam with a couple of nukes. <laughs> Loose definition of fix on that one. The way he was defeated was with this advertisement in 1964. The political junkies know about this. The daisy ad, just like a girl picking daisies. One, two, three. And then a, like a mushroom cloud. Uh, and then it was like, vote <laughs> vote for Lyndon B. Johnson. I remember and, that. Ad. Yeah. It has very funny comedic timing. Right. Oh, flower. People appreciated stuff like that back then. Right. But it, see, the thing is, it was only aired once, but it generated so much buzz that that's all they needed to do. And that, like, for a lot it of people, it was the to dilly scales. dilly of its time. Right. Because I think people don't want nukes. Even Ronald Reagan did not want nukes eventually. I was reading up on this a little bit this week, and apparently, he sat down with Gorbachev for like three hours and no advisors in the room. Uh, and then they come out and they're both like, let's get rid of nukes. You know, Gorbachev had sent a memo at some point that had been like, how about by the year 2000, we eliminate nukes? And Ronald Reagan at that stage was like, why wait? Let's get rid of them now. You know, uh, needless to say, terrible human being, all that stuff. Uh, elected as a fucking psychopath when it came to nukes. And in 1984, the Mondale campaign tried to ape the Barry Goldwater ad. This is, I've, I've shared this before. Yeah. It's an amazing uh, piece of cinema, but they, they tried to redo it 20 years later. And it's um, the song by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. It's like, Mike went out again. Andrews, your mic went out again. As soon as you start singing, it went out. You get so excited about the nuclear ads that it's just censored again. Anders Lee, they cannot stop shutting my man down. Russian asset Anders Lee triggered again in nuclear tirade. You're back. Okay, I don't know what's happening, but all right. So (laughs) (laughs) now you're coming through your keyboard, I think. No, no, this is on. Newman says it's my regular mic. Maybe oh, oh, wait. Okay. Now you're cool. What the Silent. hell is happening? Okay, oh, now you're no, back. You got it. <laughs> it's... Here, tap, tap the top. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Huh? I think you got a wonky wire, my friend. Yeah, you probably need a new XLR right. cord. If you, and I imagine this has probably happened, have ever rolled over your cord with your office uh. chair... You might have fucked up the cord. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. I think we have another one somewhere. Well, you said I can hear you now. Okay. Um, teach your parents well. <laughs> Till then, <laughs> we'll surely go by. That is a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song that was put in a Walter Mondale Ferraro ad that was just like the faces of children interspersed with nuclear explosions it was that was supposed to be what was going to defeat reagan they were like swinging for the fences because they're losing so hard uh and everyone was like what the fuck is this and he lost but thankfully 
Reagan watched a TV movie about how evil nukes are and uh, and changed his opinion. But the reason they did not denuclearize was not because of Reagan and Gorbachev, but their fucking advisors. The ne- the neocons in the Reagan administration were like, uh, I don't think so, Mr. President. So they committed to like a much a much uh, less ambitious goal, and they got some done. Salt Treaty, that's good. But like now, we really need to fucking roll back um it's an anti-intellectual discussion right because you only need like what 12 nukes to go off for the entire planet to be ruined or something they're way stronger than they used to be yet we have thousands of them and pour a huge chunk of the budget into making them nice and shinier and bigger and more of them but the so under trump there was this like cruise missile that was supposed to be launched out of the sea and he's like, let's get it. Let's get the B-83 gravity bomb, which is apparently the worst nuke in terms of, or the, the best nuke, depending on how you look at it. And uh, The so, gravity bomb. It's a nuke yeah. you smoke out of an apple. Yeah, no, it's a bucket. A nuke that you've, it's, you're in your garage and there's like a bucket and you pull the top of a two liter. That's the top right. of the nuke is the top of a Pepsi two liter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then so much Crazy. energy comes out of it that you can see the skeleton of the person next to you as you're vaporized. It's crazy, dude. You got to try it. <laughs> yeah. But like there's all this stuff Trump, uh, you know, introduced. There's like this policy that's, you know, first like officially we can nuke somebody even if they haven't nuked first. So we don't have a new no first use policy right now. And Biden kind of hinted that he's going to roll all this stuff back, and he just hasn't. And with the situation in Ukraine, it's it's much less likely that it's going to happen. And it's it's a very scary time. So if you're an American, like uh, our options are limited. But you know, this is an issue to watch and and to you know try to agitate. For, I will say this: know. I don't think I don't think I've said this on the podcast before. I've been saying this to everyone I've talked to all week. The one benefit of our geriatric political class is they are the only ones left who have the cold war programming in them to be sufficiently afraid of nuclear bombs because young people seem to be ready to just fucking go for it. That's true. I would like to die. Yeah. It's like, what's the worst thing that happens? I don't have to go to work anymore. I don't get any more avocado toast. And it's like, no, all the animals and plants. No, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's weird man there is part of like this where things are so bad and they've been so bad for so long that sometimes you're just like laying there in bed especially living here in new york and you're like i probably wouldn't even know if it happened you know It'd be kind of mm. great just oh yeah if it hit you directly way. that's an ideal situation we're i mean new york city best city in the world they're gonna nuke us if we if this stuff starts popping off and we won't have to live through all the weird Fallout world stuff. We won't have to get uh, killed by the mutants, the super mutants, and the the ghouls. You know, the the rad uh, roaches. Yeah, yeah. It's really another example of New York elitism, where we are the first ones turned into skeletons, and then the rest of you have to deal with like agricultural fallout and uh, water shortages yeah. and raiders with skeletons on their vans and. We're just living in the the road. There's like 
skeleton standing around here, like eating slices of pizza, and they're grinning and they're like, best city in the world. And they're, you know, eating their their uh, bagels and wearing Yankees hats. New York, blown up New York sounds fucking tight. It's just like this, except it's everyone's a skeleton. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. A lot of my bar, my favorite bars would improve. Yeah. The, the Pine Box, a coffin factory? Guess what? Everyone who works there is a skeleton now. Yeah, you, you can sleep in the coffins. Statue of Liberty, it's even more green now. It's glowing. I can't mm. find it, but there is an article someone put out today or yesterday that's like, opinion, maybe nuclear war will save us from climate change. <laughs> oh, here's <laughs> another one. Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles are, are real now. It's just very deformed people. Okay. Like, oh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm green now. Oh, shit. Yeah, they were <laughs> scooping out a fatberg when the shit went off. They're the only people left, and they're like, oh, I could do a flip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm so deformed. <laughs> Let's ride a skateboard. Yeah, they have weapons that are just fused to their hands. Yeah. Um... Posadas. There's like three Posadas left. They want this to happen. Andy, our friend, you know, mm-hmm. my next door neighbor. He's rooting for it. Yeah. He wants to be smote. He can, he's not talking about it. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah. He wants to <laughs> yeah. I just want to put words in his mouth. Andy from the Antifada wants nuclear <laughs> holocaust, folks. Yeah. If you can see it in his eyes, he's a nasty little worm and he wants to be blown up. He thinks <laughs> it will make the aliens feel safer, you know, and more welcome. Dolphins will love it when they cease to exist. Could happen. Well, that's a positive note to end on. <laughs> yep. End of the podcast. <laughs> yep. It's been real. <laughs> what do we got going on this week, everybody? The podcast was a girl looking at flowers, and the plugs are the bomb fucking dropping. It's this is the end of the commercial. Um, what bo- what plugs do I have to drop here and destroy everything? My show, Meat Space, is back at the gutter in New York, in pre-nuke New York, regular style. New York City. Unique New York. You nuke New York. You know you need you New York. To the gutter in Williamsburg slash um, Greenpoint, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the 15th <laughs> of March at 9 p.m. in the back in the spare room is what it's called. Um, Very the other show is Why You Mad? I do it with my friend Luisa Diaz. We talk about comedy and philosophy and stuff like that. And uh, my at is Feral Jokes on Everything, if you don't already know. And I'm going on tour with Eve Six all over the country in April. Get tickets if you live in a city that we're coming to because they're selling out. We already sold out the Comet Ping Pong restaurant from the QAnon conspiracy theories. That's the end of my plugs. Um, I got something exciting. This is a big drop. Uh, March 18th, the next paid protest sponsoring the housing working group in New York City DSA has a very special drop in. Unemployed clown <laughs> Anders Lee will be on the lineup. This puppy was deplatformed on a national level before he got to your children, and we have him live in New York City at the Secret Loft at 8 p.m. this March 18th. I'll see you there. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Test Kitchen. And does Lee. 
That's me at Anders Lee here on Twitter. If you uh, work in media, if you're a journalist who just uh, listen to this episode to get scoops, um, please send me some sort of uh, lead on jobs. And I also want to shout out some friends of mine who this is kind of a they're not sponsors, but they're, they're friends who uh, make a good kratom. Or they, they at least send out good Kratom. Um, Moose Energetics, and they've uh, been having some some tough days over the pandemic. Their business has gone down, but I, I would really recommend them. Uh, you can order from them at mooseenergetics.com. That's M-U-S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S dot com. You should know how to spell com by now. That is not how I thought the rest of that word would be spelled. What did you think it was going to be? M-O-O-S-E-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S. Right, yeah. It's not It's not like a cow moo. It's some sort of other kind. But It's uh, a different a kind of moo. That's right. But yeah, check them out. I'm also on Inst- Instagram at Dursley1. Dursley1. Hire Anders Lee, everyone. Hire Anders Lee. He has a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. Good reason to hire him. It's finished. It's finished. Where's the button? Fuck me.